This episode of On the Record is brought to you by Ingersoll Tillage, specializing in seedbed solutions. Whatever seedbed challenges you have, Ingersoll can give you the right tools to get the job done. For more information, visit IngersollTillage.com. I'm Managing Editor Kim Schmidt. Welcome to On the Record. Here's a look at what's currently impacting the ag equipment industry. AgPro Companies, a John Deere dealer group that serves the Southeast, completed its acquisition of nine Deere stores in northern Alabama and northern Georgia. The acquisition brings AgPro's total locations to 47, making it the largest ag equipment dealer for John Deere in North America, according to Ag Equipment Intelligence's Big Dealer Report. It's now larger than Service Equipment, which has 42 ag stores. Seven of the new stores previously operated as Sneed Ag were located in Center, Fort Payne, Gadsden, Oxford, and Sneed, Alabama and Cartersville and Jasper, Georgia. In addition, AgPro has also acquired two other stores in Gundersville and Piedmont, Alabama, and opened its newest location in Gainesville, Georgia. AgPro got its start as a single-store John Deere dealership in Boston, Georgia in 1958. It had made three single-location acquisitions up until 2010, when the dealership had its first large acquisition. At that time, it acquired seven stores in Arkansas that were previously known as agricultural productivity companies. The dealership grew to 25 stores in 2013 and has steadily been growing through acquisition and new store openings since then. AgPro moved up to the number three spot on the big dealer list from number eight in 2016, and this will bump them up to number two. Case IH dealer Titan Machinery is the largest dealer in North America with 80 ag stores. However, yesterday the dealership group announced a restructuring plan which includes closing 14 ag stores. We'll have more on Titan's plan in our next episode. The 2017 Big Dealer Report is currently being compiled and will be released in April. Other dealers on the move this week include LandPro Equipment, Henderson Implement, Four Rivers Equipment, and Crown Power and Equipment. Lakeland Equipment and ZM Ag and Turf, Western New York's two John Deere dealers, announced a new partnership with Argonne Capital Group. The two dealer groups will merge their assets into a new company called LandPro Equipment LLC that is backed by Argonne and existing shareholders of Lakeland and ZM. The dealership group has 12 locations, making it the largest John Deere dealer in the northeastern U.S. New Holland dealer Henderson Implement and Outdoor Power Company, based in Columbia, Missouri, added a second location through the acquisition of Modern Farm Equipment in Fulton, Missouri. Four Rivers Equipment, a 16-store John Deere dealership, recently completed the expansion of the service shop at its Fort Collins, Colorado store. The dealership group has stores throughout Colorado, New Mexico, Texas, and Wyoming. Case IH dealer Crown Power and Equipment acquired Fritz Implement in Monet, Missouri. This brings the Crown Group's total locations to seven throughout Missouri. Now here's Jack Zemlicka with the latest from the Technology Corner. Thanks, Kim. Fully autonomous vehicles in agriculture are likely still several years away. But there also may be a simpler, more efficient pathway to extending the life of farm machinery while also improving performance. Electric-based systems are one of the alternatives being pursued by engineers to improve fuel economy while reducing repair costs. At last month's Precision Farming Dealer Summit in St. Louis, Craig Schultz, president of the Autonomous Tractor Corporation, broke down the benefits of a Tesla for tractors model in the ag industry versus a transition to fully autonomous vehicles. One of his key takeaways was that electric motors improve tractor durability and retention of value 
because they can last longer and require less maintenance. If you go to the Department of Energy and you look at their expected lifespan for large motors greater than 100 horsepower, the average expected lifespan for an electric motor is 29 years, 200,000 hours of use, 10 times what you would get out of a traditional tractor. That's pretty shocking. And that's part of the reason, not the only reason, but part of the reason why you see Tesla's retaining way more than half the value, even after you know, roughly half of their expected lifespan. This would certainly help with the cost side for the farmers if their equipment lasted for 25 years and didn't need the repairs. Some of those costs as they're facing would go down and start to help with that price versus cost calculus that they have to do. While electric-based systems may be a more practical avenue to semi-autonomy, Schultz notes that the path isn't without its obstacles. The biggest challenge being the need to reduce the cost of lithium-ion batteries to run a high-horsepower tractor. Current estimates project a battery with 1,500 kilowatt-hours would cost upwards of $350,000. Back to you, Kim. Thanks, Jack. In our last episode, we discussed Machine Repeat's fourth quarter used values index and the surprisingly strong prices for used planters and combines in November and December. During a presentation at the Precision Farming Dealer Summit, Greg Peterson discussed six trends he's seeing in the used equipment market right now. In addition to the strong prices at the end of 2016, he listed the following trends. Prices vary based on geography. Busting soybean yields in some areas resulted in more optimism at auctions this past fall. Dealers' inventories of used equipment are slightly lower. Peterson says there's a lot fewer dealer wholesaler auctions in December 2016 compared to December 2015. The prices for used equipment in good condition are up, while the values for average condition equipment have been sliding over the last 18 months. The number of auctions is up as much as 60%, and a wave of equipment is coming off lease and entering the used equipment market. Peterson says so far these machines are not impacting used values. We asked Peterson what impact the influx of off-lease equipment entering the market could have on farm equipment dealers. The lease, the whole lease uh, thing really took off in 2015. It was kind of perfect at the time uh, for the farmer buyer who was used to warranty buying new equipment. But now, of course, dealers, it was tough to take in on trade. So leasing was just perfect. A lot of dealers really hit it hard early. So, you know, fantastic in the short term. But then, of course, when those things come off lease, someone, you know, someone's holding the bag, whether it's manufacturer or the dealer. Uh, so what I've been seeing is uh, 2016, middle of the year, we started to see the tractors coming off lease. And so far, like I say, I, I think the manufacturers have been able to keep them moving through the dealer chain. Um, a lot of dealers being very aggressive, buying volume from Case Credit or John Deere Financial. Uh, and then they, they can take and turn these used uh, off-lease tractors and make money selling them. So it really depends on the dealership. If the dealer has moved their excess used inventory, now they, they can be a player in buying the off-lease tractors and making money at them. Or other dealers that still have too much inventory can't afford to take any more on. So it, it kind of depends on the dealership and how they're sitting in their inventory level. On January 31st, CNH Industrial released its financial results for full year 2016. Net sales were $24.9 million, down 4.1% from 2015. Agricultural equipment sales also fell 8.2% in 2016. The full year operating profit was $818 million, down $134 million from 2015. 
The company said the decline in ag equipment sales is a result of unfavorable industry volume and product mix in the row crop sector in NAFTA and in the small grain sector in Europe, the Middle East, and Africa. Richard Tobin, CEO of CNH Industrial, remained optimistic for 2017. He said while the agricultural equipment market remained at historically low demand levels in 2016, our margin performance was in line with our expectations and we made significant progress on further reducing channel inventory. To improve in 2017, CNH will be doing several restructuring actions as part of its efficiency program. The program will result in saving of approximately $60 million in 2017. The company also hopes to become more balanced in the agricultural equipment division, improving fixed cost absorption and getting a positive impact from Latin America and user demand. ECHO released its fourth quarter and full year financial results on February 7th. Fourth quarter sales came in at $2.1 billion, an increase of about 6.9% compared to the same period in 2015. For the full year 2016, ECHO recorded net sales of $7.4 billion, a drop of less than 1% from 2015. When the unfavorable impact of currency translation is excluded, ECHO's full year net sales increased approximately 1.9% versus 2015. On a regional basis, South America saw the largest increase in net sales for the fourth quarter at up 63.6%, followed by APAC at up 21.8%. North American sales were up 3%, and the only region experiencing a loss was Europe, the Middle East, and Africa at down 2%. For the full year, North American sales were down 8%, South America was down 3.3%, Europe, the Middle East, and Africa sales grew 1.3%, and APAC was up 19.2%. ECHO's outlook for 2017 calls for flat sales compared to 2016, with softer end market demand in both North America and Western Europe. On February 1st, Artsway Manufacturing Company, a diversified manufacturer and distributor of farm equipment, also released its fiscal revenue totals for 2016, which saw declines in several areas of the business. The company's net sales were $21.6 million, down 18.1% from 2015's earnings of $26.3 million. The net loss was $426,000 compared to $310,000 in 2015. The company attributes the decline to decreased sales in the agricultural products segment. The largest decline in ag products came from the forage box line, OEM equipment, and grinder sales. Chairman of the Board of Directors Mark McConnell said, low demand in fall resulted in very low shipments for October and November particularly that could not be overcome by adjustments in our cost structure. He said the company will continue reducing inventory and improving their purchasing to improve the overall operation. Artsway remains optimistic for 2017, despite the difficulties this year. McConnell said, while our fourth quarter and full fiscal year brought great challenges, we are pleased to report that we have seen an improvement in demand since fiscal year end in all business segments, resulting in a significantly increased backlog that we anticipate will drive improving performance in fiscal 2017. And now from the Implement and Tractor archives. Manufacturers are always looking for ways to increase comfort in their machinery. This includes the tractor industry. As the Union Bulletin reports, challenging weather conditions and convenience appear to have inspired inventors to develop a tractor that could go from the field straight into town. Minneapolis Moline met these two qualifications with their 1938 Comfort Tractor. The modern tractor combined utility with comfort in its bright yellow cab design. Its sales, however, were not successful. It sold for $1,900 in 1938 when, it, in comparison, a John Deere was priced at $1,000 and a Ford sedan at $725. Some say the price resulted in dismal sales, while others say it was a tractor 20 years ahead of its time. As always, we welcome your feedback. You can send comments and story suggestions to kschmidt at lestermedia.com. 
The farm equipment team will be traveling to Louisville next week for the National Farm Machinery Show, and we'll have coverage from the show next time. Thanks for watching. I'll see you next time.